You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Justin Jefferson can pipe and free agency is back on the menu. Welcome to Locked On Vikings. I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL, and the show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about the training camp hype videos and maybe what we can glean from them and, and talk a little bit more abstractly uh, about the idea of trying to evaluate off of a training camp like hype video, workout hype video that the Vikings released, and uh, I also want to talk to you about free agency. There are still a lot of free agents out there. We kind of left it all on the back burner, but Jadeveon Clowney's out there, Everson Griffin, of course, still out there, Josh Klein and stuff like that, Uh, players who haven't been signed yet, and now that the uh, restrictions on tryouts and workouts have been lifted, or at least they've been made like possible. There's a lot to talk about with what that means for a player who is working out uh, or a, a free agent who's trying to get to a team, and also it's worth just kind of revisiting what's out there. The free agent landscape has changed quite a bit since the last time we talked about it, so I figure it's time to kind of get a refresher. But first, let's talk a little bit about Justin Jefferson and these training game hype videos. So basically the last couple of days. Uh, Every training camp day, this is something the Vikings have always done. They'll do a little cut up uh, and release it to some music of like a workout kind of hype reel. And usually they're pretty fun. Uh, A lot of times there's not very much informative about them. It's like, oh, look, Kenny Willekes doing a a drill on the blocking sled. How neat. And that's just kind of it. But what we've seen with this one is an unusually high volume of circus catches from a single person, and that is Justin Jefferson. He has made some really amazing catches on the reel. I mean, it's all in shorts, right? It's just workouts. It's not, uh, you know, there's no coverage. You're not going up against a cornerback or beating anybody on a route. It's just pitch and catch. But there's still some cool catch radius stuff going on. Uh, I'll link a cut-up of them in the show notes. Nick Olson did one. Jefferson has actually posted more highlights since this video, but it's pretty fun to watch if for no other reason than there's just kind of nothing prettier than like a stretched out circus catch or a one-handed catch or whatever. It's really cool. Uh, But really what I want to talk about with it is like, can we actually get any information from that? Are these things anything more than just sort of fun and like visually appealing to watch? And they're certainly visually appealing to watch. Like there are a few conclusions that you would think that you can draw from such a thing if you can like trust the tape as like information. For one, you know, you can say, oh, this like confirms my evaluation of Justin Jefferson and how he has, like, a good catch radius. And I think the, like, amount of clips you get, like, imagine if you watched training camp every day and you saw, like, a really cool circus catch from Justin Jefferson twice a day. You would probably be able to use that as evidence. And it seems like the amount of times we've been seeing this, like, that might not be too far off. So I actually think you can probably trust that and use it as, like, confirmation of an evaluation you probably should have had coming off of his college tape, because he did that kind of stuff all the time at LSU. It's like, this is an Occam's razor situation. He's probably just like really good at catching the football. And that's why you draft a guy like that in the first round. Uh, but there's some other things that you can figure out, right? Like for one, this doesn't tell you anything about Justin Jefferson's weaknesses, right? Cause his weakness is against like physical coverage. And we're never going to see that even in the padded practices, you're not going to see cornerbacks like knocking him guys around in practice as hard as they would in a game. 
if only for like safety reasons. And plus we're not going to get that many padded practices anyways. And we're certainly not there yet. The other thing is why are these uh, passes making Justin Jefferson work so hard? And that is an interesting question in the replies to some of the clips that like the Vikings Twitter posted or uh, that like the Nicholson's compilation is like, Oh my goodness, look at all these bad Kirk cousins passes and people kind of using it as an opportunity to dunk on Kirk cousins. Uh, That's an easy one to debunk because Kirk cousins did not throw most of those. I don't think he's thrown to Justin Jefferson very much at all. Most of the clips are cut in a way you can't actually see who is throwing them. uh, But most of those clips are from rookie only practices. So that's either Nate Stanley or Jake Browning. If I had to guess, it'd be Nate Stanley because accuracy like is a thing. And there are a couple of like pretty bad passes that you can see it's Nate Stanley throwing to him. Uh, But by and large, that's just rookies throwing not very good balls and Justin Jefferson bringing them in anyways. It doesn't really have anything to do with Kirk Cousins. And like, again, we have a prior evaluation here. And this is one of the important things, like your you know, priors matter, right? We know from a lot of evidence and many, many years of studying Kirk Cousins that he is accurate. The issues with Kirk Cousins' play have nothing to do with accuracy, Man puts the ball where he means to put it. That's never been the issue with him. So for him to suddenly be really inaccurate in camp, if that were the case and we were watching it like in a normal camp situation and media was there watching every throw and suddenly he was missing a bunch, it would certainly be a concern, but it would never really evolve past that because there's no prior there to confirm. And to do so, you'd have to basically assume that Kirk Cousins threw a lot more of the passes than he actually did throw, and you'd have to assume that it's, like, been a persistent problem that's showing up all the time, and not just on these clips that the Vikings Entertainment Network selected to put in the highlight reel because they looked cool. There's also kind of a survival bias to this, right? The bad passes are going to show up because they generate cool catches, and cool catches are what makes the video. And that's the real problem with using the video. So I say, you know, watch it, have a little bit of fun with it, but the Justin Jefferson hype train, uh, just be responsible with it. I love the kid. I think he's going to come in and be productive immediately. I'm super high on the kid. It's not because of training camp hype videos. But that's not all that's going on in current events right now. And probably, maybe as you're listening to this, and maybe by the time we talk tomorrow, we'll have more to talk about. But free agency is kind of opening back up. Uh, It was never officially closed, but there were a lot of restrictions with COVID-19 with workouts. You basically couldn't go to a team facility and work out. You'd have to send them a tape from your backyard or figure out something weird. And a lot of teams and a lot of players didn't like that. This is kind of, I got the question a whole bunch over the course of the offseason. What's the deal with Everson Griffin? And you could ask uh, that much more legitimately, like, what's the deal with, like, Logan Ryan? He's one of the better defensive backs in the league. Or Jadeveon Clowney is a superstar. Why is he still on the market? And uh, the answer is either they want to visit team facilities. That is my guess for what's going on with Everson. Or teams want to have them in for a workout, which also could be the thing with Everson, you know, with him and and his recent past, the incident that happened in 2018 and, you know, his kind of resurgence and all that. You kind of that's like you want to evaluate him. You probably want to meet him in person and have him in for a workout and plus his age and all that. Uh, so, you know, just getting a quick workout tape from like a high school field probably doesn't cut it. And, you know, maybe Jadeveon Clowney wants to tour facilities and make a more informed decision. And so now he's waiting. So we'll talk more about like the ramifications of that. But basically those restrictions have been lifted. They haven't been completely taken away, but you now you can make it to a team facility and do a workout. You've got to be in the city for three days. Over the course of those three days, you have to have two negative tests before you can even go in the building. That's the same restriction that every 
like player and tier one, tier two staff member has before they can go into a building. So that's not unique. Uh, but yeah, so you have to like kind of be a little bit more methodical about it. We'll talk more again about the ramifications for that. But now you can. So there are uh, players that already started signing on Tuesday night, like Damar Dotson and Mike Daniels that were kind of close to getting a deal. And now with those restrictions out of the way, they can kind of do the final processes for that and actually get them in the building. And now I think you're going to see a lot of the unusually robust free agent class that's still out there. You know, this time of year in a normal year, you wouldn't see players like that on the on the the market you'd see maybe one or two guys that inexplicably couldn't get a job or for whatever reason were out of the league that usually get snapped up you know when there's one injury um the the like dayton jones types of the world but otherwise everybody pretty much would have found their home and we would be talking about you know who's beating who for for starting jobs but right now because of covid and those restrictions it's a really really stacked free agent class so let's talk about that free agent class and who is out there, who the Vikings can and should be interested in, especially now that they saved a little bit of money on the 2020 cap with Mike Pierce opting out, and also like how free agency is going to look. But before I get into that, I have a question for you. When's the last time you checked your oil? Not when you got it changed. You might have only been a thousand miles ago or, you know, last week or whatever when you got an oil change. But when's the last time you actually like checked it? Or you just trust that, you know, the mileage is right, which is probably good. But if you do want to check your oil, I'm going to link a video in the show notes for how most cars have a dipstick and you just open the, the hood and uh, how to look to see if your oil is okay. And if you end up being low on oil, you can head over to rockauto.com and you can buy some yourself and maybe even figure out how to change your own oil. I got a couple friends that swear by it. I have no clue how to do it, uh, but maybe I should learn and maybe you can learn along with me. But whatever you end up needing for your car, you can find it at rockauto.com. Just enter your make, model, and year, and whatever the category of thing that you need, be it oil or uh, part for something in the engine or part for the air conditioner filter or something like that, uh, you can find it on Rock Auto and probably at a discount. So head on over to rockauto.com, and when you check out in the How You Heard About Us section, please let them know that Locked On sent you. Because if you don't, I have a mountain of debt, and I have no idea what I'm going to do about it. All right, let's talk about free agency. So, like I said, the way it works is if you are a player who is currently unsigned, like Everson Griffin or Jadeveon Clowney or Logan Ryan or Josh Klein or whoever, you agree to go work out with a team. You've got to fly to that team's city. Let's say you're going to go work out with the Bengals. This is how it works with, like, Mike Daniels, who just signed with the Bengals, which is a bummer. I actually was really interested in him. I thought he could have been a really good addition, but say la vie. So Mike Daniels uh, travels to Cincinnati. He spends the weekend or whatever, three days, two negative tests isolated in Cincinnati to make sure that he isn't bringing coronavirus after the travel. And then he goes into the facility, works out, and from there, everything can proceed as normal. I think there are other restrictions for like how you can work out and like making sure that that process is socially distanced and all that, which might be a little awkward. But there are some effects of that, right? Because if you were a high-priced free agent uh, and you were, you know, kind of touring around, let's say something happened on a team and they had to cut a big cap, yeah, cut a big cap hit to uh, help with some emergency injury, like their quarterback gets injured or something, and they got to cut some pretty good player to make cap room or something, right? So then you'd like, you've generated the situation where there's a good player on the market in August. That player technically could have gone around to as many teams as they want. They could have flown around to five cities in four days and gone and, you know, 
toured New York and then went and toured Cleveland and then went and toured Jacksonville and came up to Minnesota and then gone to the to Seattle and then you could like make all the picks, right? You can't really do that. You have to be a little bit more deliberate. So I, I don't know if you see as many, you know, several team bidding wars where you would have these free agents and you'd have seven teams in on them or everybody's inquired, you know. Instead, you'd narrow it down to two or three teams that you feel a little bit closer to, and that way you can, you know, do your workout and you can have your free agency process done within a week. If you needed to visit five teams, that's 15 days. That's two weeks, and by the time you've actually signed with someone, it's like you got to play in a week, and that's just not feasible. So I think players are going to be a little bit choosier with who they visit, and then that causes a couple of other ripples. For one, with fewer uh, players in the bidding war, and if you don't have seven players bidding, the actual contract offers could shrink a little bit, right? Two teams bidding against each other, if only two teams know that they're being taken seriously and trying to bid against each other for the contract, then that means that, you know, that that price is just not going to be driven up quite as hard. So players might end up signing for less than they would have if they had signed back in March. For two, there is going to be kind of a pressure on players that you know, once you've like gone and to a city, you've quarantined, you've gotten in for the workout, they want you, you've got a deal on the table, but it's just a little bit smaller. And in a normal world, you'd say, I like this offer. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to head over to Baltimore, see what they have to say, and I'll let you know. But now you might have a little bit more pressure to just take it because there is a significant time cost to going and visiting with another team. And if the deal is good enough, but maybe you could do better, it might be good to just take it. Don't do uh, expose yourself to the travel risks. Don't uh, expose yourself to the possibility of, you know, now you have to stay isolated in some hotel for two more or two or three more days. That is a process I think you'd want to be over very quickly. And that could also lead to contract prices lessening. So there is a little bit of a of of an inefficiency here that teams could exploit to get better deals on players. And unfortunately for players like, you know, Jadevion Clowney or whoever that didn't, uh, you know, take a deal right away in March, who kind of wanted to let the, the market play out, wanted to let teams fight over them. It was a perfectly sound decision at the time for a guy like Clowney or, or, or a guy like Griffin. Although again, I kind of think that teams also wanted to have Griffin in, in person. Um, but now he might actually kind of be punished by that because all of these weird external factors are leading to a, a much more difficult negotiating environment. It's a lot harder to have leverage and say, oh, you know, if, if you don't give me this deal, I'm going to walk because walking and teams will know this walking is just a lot harder for you. It's going to be a much more difficult negotiating environment for these players. All of that said, we're probably going to have a flurry of free agent signings coming over the next few days. There are a lot of players out there that a lot of teams are interested in and want to sign, but just haven't been able to go through the process of that because of COVID-related restrictions. And now that a lot of those restrictions have at least been upgraded to workable, we're going to see a lot of players. So when uh, we come back here, we're going to talk about 
those players uh, and who the Vikings should be interested in. The free agent market is still a thing worth kind of canvassing really quick. And let's talk about what is available and we can talk about the cap situation and all of that. So we've got a, a fair bit to, to chat about. So uh, stick around. All right. So I want to get it out of the way right away. I am 100 percent, a thousand percent, a million percent in favor of bringing back the two probably most controversial Vikings cuts, Josh Klein and Everson Griffin. Uh, Of course, Everson Griffin opted out of his contract, and the Vikings have, as far as I understand, they gave him an offer back in March. Uh, They may have updated that offer at some point throughout the spring and summer, uh, but I think it's still like a pretty like lowball offer. It's essentially, hey, listen, you're not going to go this season without playing. If somebody doesn't want to give you the money you want, here's, you know, three, four million, whatever. I have, I have no idea what the actual number is, but here just to say, well, here's a $4 million deal. If nobody can beat that, come with us. We'll be your baseline. We would love to have you back, but we can only afford this much. And we totally understand if you want to go chase the money, blah, blah, blah. With Josh Klein, it sounds like there's a similar thing. Um, when asked about it, I think Spielman said, Hey, listen, the door is open for him to come back, but you know, we just needed to make the decision and blah, blah, blah. It seemed like they wanted him to take a pay cut. And if he wouldn't take a pay cut, that was going to be it. That move, of course, is still very baffling. And unless you believe that they have this crazy belief in like Drew Samia or, you know, Rick Dennison really likes Dakota Dozier to like take a step up or something weird like that, uh, it's like kind of a difficult move to evaluate, especially now that or to, to justify, um, especially now that they've said, you know, oh, you know, right guard, we've got like Avion Collins there. We've got Ever, uh, Ezra Cleveland there. We've got Dakota Dozier there. And it's like, oh, so you didn't really have a plan for how you were going to replace him. You just asked him to take a pay cut. He said no. And you cut him without any reply. Like that move just looks worse and worse as, as time goes on. Um, but there's a really easy fix for this. Josh Klein is still unsigned. Go back, tail between your legs, say, sorry, here's the money you would have made. Come on back and let's just let's just do this. And I think it's a little bit easier to do with Mike Pierce's contract kind of tolling and and pushing back. It gives you some money. The other thing they could do with that cap money, however, is wait and let it roll over into 2021. They kind of are going to need it. They, I think, are coming in right now as uh, contracts are. They have $2 million in cap space in 2021 if the 2021 cap is at $175 million. And it can't go any lower than $175 million. If we get lucky and the NFL makes a whole bunch of revenue and things are actually okay, it could go down by less, but they've already kind of made a limit where you cannot go down more you can't go down past 175 million for 2021, and if you do have a worse loss in revenue, it's going to have to be spread out into future. I think over the next like four years, they'll have to spread it out a little bit differently. Uh, but that means that the worst that the cap could do to the Vikings right now is leave them with just two million in 2021 cap space. So rolling over. Uh, that that includes rolling over the five million five million that was saved for Mike Pierce that then would go toward Mike Pierce in uh, 2021. But if you want to spend, you're kind of borrowing against 2021 right now. If only because the, the there's such a tight cap situation that wasn't even tight. That was supposed to be the year that was like decent, and you could have actually made moves and you had room to extend like Cook and Harris and stuff, and and get all those things done. And now with the cap 
obviously is going to drop because of COVID and now like all of those plans are ruined. But at least the nice thing is, you know, that's something that happened to all 32 teams. So it'll be somewhat of an equalizer and not something that like uniquely hurts the Vikings or whatever. But let's talk a little bit about players. So I, Josh Klein and Everson Griffin, obviously I think you should bring them in. I think that you could bring uh, Everson Griffin in terms of the actual money. I don't really have that, but it's pretty obvious why I think you should bring him in. And for Josh Klein, I think you can bring him in on the exact same contract he was in and just say, okay, yeah, we thought we were going to be okay there. We did that before the draft. We did that before, you know, we started on, on training camp and now training camp is different than we expect. Like the world has changed a lot since March. I think it's totally acceptable to go, all right, that decision didn't work out. Let's take it back while we can. I think that's completely acceptable and would probably show a lot of maturity on the, the part of the front office. But hey, if they don't and they have a player that they're really into, even if they're wrong, that is like acceptable from a strategy perspective as well. And we just kind of have to throw another one on the pile where they weren't very good at scouting their own offensive line. And that's kind of been a hallmark of the whole Spielman thing. That's been his real weakness is self-scouting on offensive line. Of course, Jadeveon Clowney is out there. Uh, I think he's probably a little too rich for the Vikings' blood. It'd be very cool to bring him in and be like an edge rusher, use him in the 4-3 way. I think that's the way they used him. That's definitely the way they used him in uh, Seattle, I believe they used him. No, they run a 3-4 in Houston. He's been a 3-4 outside linebacker, but it sounds like he's going to go elsewhere. It sounds like Seattle is not interested in Clowney anymore, however, and that means that Seattle is going to be very interested in Everson Griffin, which will probably make it harder to bring Everson Griffin in. So maybe you can't bring in a free agent edge rusher in this particularly strange free agent market, but I, I think that's okay. Where there's really an opportunity, I think, is still on the veteran cornerback market. This is something that you can do. I think you can bring in like a washed veteran, like bring in Tremont Williams, right? There were some, uh, I would call them dubious rumors that the Vikings were interested in Tremont Williams, but he's going to be a guy, I mean, if nothing else, to just come in and be like a coach in camp to help the young kids come along, and if he doesn't have it and he doesn't make the team, that's totally fine. You can like give him a contract that reflects that, but he's not the only corner on the market that's pretty interesting right? You've got Tremaine Johnson. That's another one that you kind of like, you wouldn't give him any guarantees. You wouldn't like give him a contract that establishes any expectations, but that's a veteran presence. That would be pretty nice. Apparently Logan Ryan like sees himself as a safety or whatever. And so the Vikings aren't going to be interested in that. Uh, that his agent like put out some stat thing that was like, look at Logan Ryan's stats versus all of your safety, all 32 teams safeties. And it was like, how many interceptions he got and stuff. I'll try to find it. It was kind of funny, but it definitely does send a message that like it's a safety and like, listen, the Vikings aren't looking for a safety. I'm sorry, Logan Ryan's not better than Harrison Smith or Anthony Harris. That's insane. But I mean, you have like Aqib Tlaib, right? He's another one that if he can stay healthy, he's still like, he might be a little too, I mean, he's 34, right? And so you kind of have all those problems, but I really like the way that uh, 34, 35 year old, you know, 37 year old uh, Tremont Williams would f gel in this group. I mean, Trubane Johnson's 30, um, where you, you aren't like looking to them to absolutely start, right? Like we have a world where if you bring in Tremont Williams, he's totally washed. He's definitely not cut out for the NFL anymore. And it's time for him to retire. Then you're just back at where you were and like Cameron Dantzler or Holton Hill starts instead, right? Or you have a Terrence Newman situation and you get, can squeak a couple of years or something out of him. That would be awesome. And at the very worst, you brought a guy into camp that could help, you know, be of a, a more veteran presence. The longest tenured corner on the team right now is Mike 
Mike Hughes, and he's only got two years of experience under his belt. So bringing in a super established, you know, hyper established veteran at the cost of some athleticism, I would be super in favor of that move. And I mean, I've been begging for them to sign a free agent corner for the entire offseason, all the way from Darkies Denard or bringing back Mackenzie Alexander or insert slot corner here, and they just haven't done it. And part of that, I think, is their like cap planning and trying to keep themselves in a flexible enough spot where where COVID cap adjustments won't absolutely torpedo them. And I can respect that. But I, I am a little bit disappointed right now that they are just kind of going with the Holton Hill Cameron Dantzler thing on the outside and that they're otherwise going to have a pretty short secondary and the, the corners are just like a pretty big unaddressed concern. That's sort of stinks. Um, in terms of uh, defensive ends, too, there are guys like uh, Ziggy Ansa is still out there, I believe. Um, and don't quote me on some of these because I'm, I'm looking at reference materials that, you know, haven't been updated. It's been like a couple hours since the last free agent signing. So I'm looking at unupdated things. So I apologize if I miss it or I say somebody that's on the market who actually isn't. The guard market doesn't do a ton for me. I believe if you just look at, uh, available guards, like I, I want to say, Josh Klein's the best one on the market and there's not really anybody else that's like worth looking at. Uh, there's some guys who played like rotationally or played backup or whatever that you could maybe bring in, but I'm not particularly excited about any of these guys coming in and improving on the situation. You know, I mean, you can sign a guy to like compete if you want, but if they're not better than Dakota Dozier, then there's not really a point. Uh, but Josh Klein is better than Dakota Dozier. So bring the man back in and uh, admit that circumstances have changed and you probably shouldn't have cut him. There are some other interesting names out there that don't make like particularly address a need for the Vikings, but would be interesting moments of like opportunism. Like Darren Lee is out there. You could probably get him for next to nothing, or you could get somebody like I think Morris Claiborne is still out there. That's like an interesting, you know, perhaps a reclamation project. Uh, I believe Demata Pico is still out there. I mean, he's 36, so like watch out for that, but he would be an interesting defensive tackle add. Uh, it's a, such a shame. I really wanted Mike Daniels, and he was, uh, one of the only, only guys out there, but there, there are guys out there that would be interesting reclamation projects, but that, yeah, like Darren Lee doesn't necessarily fulfill a need. The Vikings don't need a guy like him, uh, but hey, bring him into the building and see if you can't do something creative with him. If he's cheap enough, that could be worth considering. There's a lot of other names out there. I, you probably have a guy you're hoping for that I haven't mentioned. That's okay. But with the, the flurry of free agent signings, I think you can bring someone in and uh, probably get them for a price that doesn't screw up your 2021 or 2022 plans too bad, but bolsters that 80-man roster and maybe helps to alleviate or at least hedge some of the gambles that you've made in a pretty high-risk roster right now. There's quite a bit of uncertainty, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm not too worried about the 80-man roster, right? Like, you can obviously cut some undrafted free agent if you're able to bring in a, a corner that actually is, you know, has a better chance of, like, making the team. So, thank y'all for listening to this episode of Locked On Vikings. I will see you all tomorrow for the last show of the week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings, and hopefully we have some exciting news to talk about soon here. If not, we'll keep gleaning whatever we can from training camp, and we'll find stuff to discuss. I'll see y'all tomorrow, and as always, skull.